What's going on, guys? And before we get into today's episode, I just want to ask you, are you into prop betting or daily fantasy? Maybe both? So I got some cool news for you. The BreakdownSports.com is partnering with a brand new company, and it combines DFS with player props. It's called Thrive Fantasy. We've talked about it before. It's really, really fun. It's the first of its kind, which makes it so, so unique and so cool. So the way it works is you enter contests using your own lineup of, made of prop bets, and the more prop bets you guess correct, the more points you accrue, and the greater your chances of taking home the cash. So... We want you to deposit $10 through PayPal right now at Thrive Fantasy, but be sure to use our code BREAKDOWN, that's B-R-K-D-W-N, and use that through Thrive Fantasy, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar. So that's $10 down, and they'll give you a free $10 when you deposit through PayPal. Use our link and try it now. Sound good? All right. And now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! Jason Giambi has done it. All right, what's up? It is it's, it's August seven. It You're is. back from vacation. Yep. The deadline is done. We have a a brand new look to some of these playoff races. Um, first of all, how was vacation? How are you doing? Vacation was good, uh, relaxing, and I was truly on island time because a boat ripped up the cable that goes to the cell tower on the island i was staying on so literally had no service no connection nothing and uh i'm really i was out of the loop and all baseball news so when i got back and saw all the deals i went through um some of them are head scratching and i'm sure we're going to get into them but yeah vacation was good i was living in uh you know 1970 without any form of mobile communication and i wasn't about to sit in front of a tv on my time off so this would be good for me to get filled in on everything as well. You're just sitting on the, on the island waiting for the newspaper to get delivered and checking box stores <laughs> like you're seven years old again. Extra, extra. Yep. <laughs> See a little well, paper boy go down the beach. My real question, though, is, is number one, this cable, is it, is it was a floating cable and a boat just ripped through it? Was it an explosion like Caddyshack style? Did you see the crash? No, I didn't. I didn't see anything. My uh, I, my dad actually heard about. I don't know how he heard about it either. But I mean, that's the news I was going on. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what happened or what transpired. If it was like Die Hard with John McClane, you know, fucking jumping <laughs> off a beach on a on a motorcycle and then hitting the boat that hit the cable, or if it was just a mechanical error and the guy didn't know how to drive the boat. But either way, it uh, definitely kept me out of the loop on things that I need to know. But I'm trying to get caught up as we get into the uh, podcast today. So I have enough with me here that I think we can get through this. Could not be, especially for you, 
a more inconvenient time to be without Twitter. <laughs> oh my god, dude. It was the worst. I couldn't fucking figure out anything out. I was just like sitting there like all right, I kept refreshing the app knowing it wasn't going to refresh. <laughs> so, that was that was my my state of mind on the 31st there. Oh, that's great. Uh, so just a programming note, we want to apologize for missing last week. Me and Jordan uh, really hyped up a big trade deadline extravaganza, and it kind of fell short with some scheduling stuff. So it happens. But now, hey, we're back in action with 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 Seven. He's back. Jordan uh, probably going to hop on next week, and we're just going to keep rocking and rolling here on Gap to Gap. Um, so I think we got to lead with our favorite segment. Yep. But – a different tone to it today a little bit yeah the Mets are tearing it up <laughs> they've won 13 of 14 hold on hold on just it's what August uh, what's it's the August the 7th where you really 7th? are on island time yeah, it's August 7th Christ. at time of recording <laughs> and you just said the Mets are heating up yeah all right just let's get into it then <laughs> so uh bob nightingale tweeted today and he was like cool stat the 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 mets have won and he missed he obviously uh had a typo here but it was like the the mets have run have won 13 of of their last 114 <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that seems so much more mets than than what it actually is i was gonna say that's <laughs> absurd but it's also like a believable absurd you know it's like oh okay yeah the mets are really that bad i can i can get behind that one but, but yeah in, 13 out of 14 13 out of 14 uh you were talking about it before this show seth lugo absolutely shoving right now yeah this guy is out of his mind um he's actually like it's funny too he struggled a lot in june and to see him now just kind of turn around and become what the Mets thought they were trading for in Edwin Diaz, uh, I don't think they're going to make a change, but it's something worth noting and monitoring as we move forward. And because they are right now, I think, only three and a half out of a playoff spot. Um, if we come down to the wire here, because the National League is so crazy and up for grabs right now, it's like who wants to throw in a Game of Thrones? Literally <laughs> anyone could grab it right now. Um, so I, I'm looking at it in, in a sense that if I'm the Mets and I'm Mickey Calloway, I don't change anything I'm doing right now just because of the stretch they're on. But if we're getting down to it and they start slipping a little bit, I would 100% consider putting Lugo into the closer spot and bump Diaz back down to an eighth or seventh inning role and just see how that goes for a little while. Yeah, he's out of this world right now. Um, he's on pace for... A career strike, career high in strikeouts per nine, career high in strikeouts per walk, career low in walks. I mean, a career low in whip, career yeah. best whip. Uh, a career. I'm sorry, fifth. I just say whip, whip and fifth. He's whatever. He's on pace for both of them. Um, Lugo just having an outstanding year in 44 appearances. Um, and then in addition to that, they go get an arm in Marcus Stroman? Question mark. Explain that to me. So I when I heard about so when I finally got service back and I saw Stroman went to New York I was like oh shit the Yankees fucking did something and then I saw it was the Mets I had I was like what the fuck like how does that happen but the more I thought about it and the more I read um, on Twitter just like you know beat writers and everyone giving their two cents from what it sounds like the Mets were all in on selling at this point when they got Stroman, they were going to try to flip him to the Yankees to get more prospects back. 
Um, however, obviously it didn't work out that way. And I think after they couldn't get another deal done to flip Stroman to the Yankees or another team that was interested, maybe the Twins or another team that I saw was floated around, I personally think, and this is obviously my just interpretation of the Mets front office, um, but I think what happened was they felt, all right, well, we got a controllable arm. We're not going to get anything in return for him right now that we desire. Uh, so they pulled Syndergaard off the block right after that, and they were kind of standing pat. But I like the move. That's the thing. I actually really do like the move for the Mets, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> I, I really do think it's a good move for them right now, uh, just because what we're seeing from them now in terms of the stretch they're in. But also at the time, I was like, all right, well, they have another year with them. They have Syndergaard under control. DeGrom's under control. Uh, Matt's, if he ever figure, figures it out, I think he's under control. Or he might be a free agent. But either way, you have three really good arms now at the front of that rotation that, you know, if you get some bats around them, that team actually becomes a, a little bit more of a contender than, you know, the Mets, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, my problem with it is, is Stroman, he's kind of a ground ball type pitcher. And the Mets have not been good defensively this season. Right. And, and and when you look at just how he goes about getting out, he's not a guy that's going to run it by you. I mean, granted, he he, he probably – I would say he's around league average in strikeouts. Um, but uh, his M.O. is get ground balls and, and, and have a good infield behind you, and, and that's not what they have in the Mets. No, you're right. That's a, that's a very fair point. And I think, too, a lot of that, the stats there, they kind of speak to people playing out of position, too, right? Um, mm, that's true. I, so I, I don't know if that's going to be able to just fix itself and course correct with the last month and a half we have here. But I, I like the idea of just trying to get someone. Because it, it is weird, to your point, though, with the ground ball stuff. Because the Mets play at City, and that field is like a pitcher's haven if you're a fly yeah. ball pitcher. Um, obviously, Syndergaard and DeGrom have had success there in the past. Uh, yeah, Stroman being a ground ball pitcher doesn't make a ton of sense. I think he'd fit more with, like, a Yankees or a Twins, but he's in New York regardless. It's just with the Mets. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think also Cano tearing his hamstring. I think they can get some better steady play at second now. The middle infield is still leaves a lot to be desired, um, but for the most part, I think they'll be okay. I, and I, I don't think Stroman is really I, th- I know he has a reputation as being this crazy ground ball guy but he does throw a lot of strikeouts to your point so I again I, I just like the move a lot just it gives them some more experience it gives them another pitcher that actually is capable uh, so they're not relying too heavily on DeGrom and Syndergaard so I think that this was a great deadline for them uh, and I don't really know what else to say other than that I'm not rooting for the Mets at all but you know, good for good for the Mets. I can't believe I just fucking said that. <laughs> what do you think about the change in location for Stroman going from from Toronto to New York? Well, he did say repeatedly that he wanted to pitch in New York, right? So yeah, uh, he got his wish. He's just you know he's in the orange pinstripes. Yeah, the yeah, wrong color pinstripes. <laughs> yeah, but he said he kept saying he wanted to pitch in New York. He's from New York. He's from that area. So you know, this is an opportunity for him and. and Imagine if the Mets somehow make the playoffs. So Stroman is—I don't think he's going to pull a CC Sabathia, a la 2008. But I don't know. This could be a stabilizing force for them. That division is still the Braves to lose. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you know, the Nationals, the Phillies seem to just be treading water again. Uh, so yeah, the the Mets are kind of in the driver's seat right now to make some noise with the wild card. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, while we're talking about the Mets, I'm, I, we had this slated for the for the end of the show. I'm going to squeak in it now. Uh, the Breakdown Sports is giving away some tickets. Giving away Mets tickets, specifically. <laughs> meet the uh, fucking Mets. You can meet the fucking Mets yourself. Um, <laughs> so you can enter that contest uh, through uh, our Twitter at The Breakdown Sports. But, especially... Uh, for for the people that want that double entry and really want to go meet the Mar- the fucking Mets and go see Marcus Stroman uh, and Mickey Calloway and the whole gang up there, um, you can do us a favor, leave us a review, leave a review on any of the Breakdown Sports podcasts. So right now it's it's awesome end to end puck talk, um, but leave a review, screenshot it, tweet it to us, and that will get you double entry. And I think the reviews. Um, are only on Apple Podcasts. I don't think there's any way to review via Spotify, if I'm thinking correctly. No, it's just Apple Podcasts right now. You can, of course, you know, if, it won't help you with the tickets, but if you want to leave us some feedback on Twitter, through Spotify, or any of those other platforms, we'll take that too. Definitely. But yeah, that's how you can get double entry into our uh, our ticket contest. Tickets will be drawing uh, soon, question mark? I don't know when the exact drawing is, but you can get in there and with a double entry. Let us know. Um, but sticking with the trade deadline, when you came back to civilization, what trade stood out to you most or lack of trade, I should say. All right. For the lack of trade, it's got to be my Yankees. I was very disappointed seeing that there was absolutely no moves that were made. Uh, I, I mean, the rumor mill is a rumor mill for a reason it's just rumors so they're never concrete to the point that we want them to be but i feel like every day leading up to this deadline i kept seeing the yankees were tied to either robbie ray stroman Syndergaard at one point uh some relief help and they did absolutely nothing so they kind of disappointed me i'll get into you know all the other ins and outs of that if we talk about that a little later, because I do want to talk about the Astros getting Zach Granke. Um, that was the one for me that was really just like, how do you, t- it, it was almost, it reminded me of Durant going to the Warriors. Yeah. The rich um, get richer. Yeah. And, and, and not to that degree. Cause I don't think, I personally don't think Granke is what everyone thinks he really is. I think he's a mental midget and he'll collapse in a big game, but I, he's still a good pitcher for getting them to you know lock up home field, and I know that's important right now because it's a three-team race between the Strohs, the Yankees, and the Twins to get that best record. So I think the trade for them was huge. They gave up a lot to get them. So I think the Diamondbacks actually really won the deadline when you think about all the deals that they made. But the Granky one for me was the most like jaw-dropping. Just how the hell does this happen? And how did like no one reported this? No one saw that one coming. Um, for the for the longest time, the only pitcher from the Diamondbacks that we kept seeing in the rumors was Robbie Ray. So yeah. I was just very surprised when I saw that they traded their ace to the Astros of all teams. Um, so now you got Verlander, Cole, Granke. Let's not forget Aaron Sanchez, who almost threw a fucking no-hitter on his first game there. Uh, they got him from the Blue Jays. So, again, the Astros, the rich get richer. So it's, this is, you know, this is what we have to contend with now. Yeah, it's it's just gross. Like honestly, RIP to the AL. Seriously. Um, unless the Yankees can get a fi- uh, get home field of it, which they won't get a f- home field advantage, but unless they can get, you know, two games in Yankee Stadium in a five-game series or three games in a seven-game series and then get lucky on the road, 
it's going to be real tough to beat this Astros team. Yeah, not uh, for sure. In the playoffs, but yeah. Uh, especially in case it wasn't already decided AL West champions right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, and like, it makes, you know, you mentioned, uh, the, the D-backs maybe getting the better end of it with all the prospects and the haul they got, but it definitely, this trade makes all the others just kind of look, I don't want to say meaningless, but, but a lot more, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Small, I guess. Yeah, no, it's in, in scale compared to the other ones. Yeah, this it looks it looks a lot smaller just in terms of, you know, all the deals that we there was no real blockbusters this year, which was kind of surprising. Um, I guess you can I'm not going to count Vargas going to the Phillies as a blockbuster, but Yeah. Um, there's I mean there were names definitely that were moved. It was just, you know, in terms of performance matching the name, I think Granky was the one true, you know, quote-unquote blockbuster that we saw in the, in the deadline this year and I wouldn't even say that I, this isn't for me again this is it's a weird move because from my point of view not being a huge Astros fan and just seeing them as the best team in the AL already I don't I don't see it as like a franchise shifting move that's gonna you know bring them to the promised land because I think we all in the back of our minds kind of had an idea that the Astros were on their way to another World Series berth anyway so yeah this isn't like one of those things that really lifts them up over, the, over like head and shoulders above everyone. And, you know, considering where they were before they made the deal. And I just think it was a trade that they made because they wanted to make it. They, they definitely did not need to make this deal. No, not at all. So again, Granky has a history of collapsing in big games. Um, he's pitching well this year. We'll see how it goes. He didn't have a great debut for the Astros for whatever that's worth, but We'll see. He's playing in a pennant race now. He hasn't been in this situation too often in his career. He's always played for underwhelming teams. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to kind of see how this shakes out because I'll be paying closer attention to the Astros, obviously now with the Yankees being in striking distance with them, just see how this shakes out. But, yeah, this move for me was awe-inspiring in terms of just why it happened, but I don't think this really moves the needle for them as much as the whole baseball community seems to believe it does. Really? I mean, I guess I, I guess I can see it, but to me, I think now you just have a guy who is going to be in a playoff rotation. And, and like you said, his past uh, uh, performance, you know, may not lead that to be as big of a deal, but I, I, I like the move. I think it's I think it's a good move. But like you said, it's kind of like why like they didn't need to do it. And, and like you said, they don't it's not a long term uh not a long-term deal, but I think it's a good one for now. Yeah, no, for the immediate future, like getting to the playoffs, I love it. But I just, for me, it, it's almost like David Price, but, you know, a, a righty David mm, Price. Okay. Um, that's how I see it. I, I see a guy who has really good stuff, and he has a, a history of having success in the major leagues, but I don't, I would not want him pitching in a do-or-die situation for me in yeah. playoffs or any game where I need to get into the playoffs or a big series, I don't want this guy on the mound because I don't think that he has the right, I, I guess, oh, Siri just went off on my phone. Siri, call Jordan. Nope, just turn that off. <laughs> uh, I can't believe that's happened twice now that we recorded. Um, but to get back to where I was, I don't want Granky pitching in a big game for me the same way if I'm a Red Sox fan, I don't want David Price pitching in a big game. 
So that's that's the way I kind of see it through that lens. Yeah, I get that. I do. Um, what did you think? What were your take on the on the Indians Reds Bauer? I'm sorry, Indians Reds Padres move, um, where the Indians send Trevor Bauer to <laughs> the Reds. The Reds send Yaziel Puig and some prospects to the Indians. They send they send Trammell goes to the Padres. Uh, Fran Neil Reyes and some and some prospects come to the Indians, um, including Logan Allen, a left-handed arm. The Indians, I feel like they kind of swindled everybody in this move. You, being a non-Indians fan, did you see it that way? Yeah, I did, because we talked about it, too, a couple episodes ago, where we were talking about the potential of Bauer getting dealt, where I think that the Indians needed to deal him, because we talked about it. They have enough pitching depth that they can replace him, that it's not going to impact their team negatively to the point where they're just, you know, starting to use the opener strategy. No, so I I really like that move from that standpoint. And also, Bauer is just such a fucking head case that at some point, it's like, when do you just fucking look in the mirror and say, how do we have this guy on our team? I can't believe Terry Francona was able to put up with him for as long as he did. But I will say this, I could not stop laughing at that clip of him throwing the ball over the center field wall. I was going to say, we haven't, had, we haven't had a podcast since that happened. But that was, I don't know if that was like the seal the deal moment for the Indians to say, all right, we're shipping him out at the soonest, as soon as we can. Um, but Francona's face just looking at him saying, and you could read his lips, what the fuck is wrong with what you? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, that was the best fucking exchange i've seen but credit to the indians they did the right thing they got rid of bauer they sold high on him still because he's still a good pitcher um i think it's a little intriguing that they sent him to the you know the reds and they got puig who is a huge personality getting him back in return and of course he had some theatrics before he got or right after he got dealt they started a huge fucking brawl so it's like like just the fireworks (laughs) in terms of the personalities going yeah, absolute chaos. And and the Reds get another year of control with Bauer as he'll be arb- arbitration eligible after this year. Uh, the Indians, uh, Puig will be a free agent after this year, but they get Franmail Reyes f- till 2025. Yeah, no, that was the big one right there. Um, and I, I think the Puig thing is, you know, it was a throw in from the Reds, but Reyes is, I think that was the real linchpin here. When you look at the deal structure and how it was kind of how it all came together, when you see like three team deals like this, there's always like one team that's going to get the short end of the stick, and I think for the most part it was the Padres. Um, yeah, I mean they get Trammel and Trammel's solid, solid. But I think when you even look at the Reds, who if you put Bauer into that rotation now and everyone's healthy, the Reds are actually not that bad of a team. Yeah. Um, Obviously, they're not going to do much this year. I think this was made with the anticipation of competing next year, being able to kind of round out that rotation and now have a legitimate ace in Bauer. Um, and, and I was again, like, Bauer, Bauer steps in as the ace, correct? Yeah, and I don't think yeah. he's like a conventional ace, but I think when you look at the NL, he's an ace in the NL. Um, definitely not the AL, but I think for the for the NL, especially that division where it's just so close, that, that might be all they need to get closer and striking distance of first place because I look at the rest of those teams. The Pirates suck. The Brewers have no pitching. Uh, the Cubs, the Cubs are definitely a team to beat. Still, in my opinion, the Cardinals are always going to be there. But now the Reds kind of cemented themselves as someone that has to be taken seriously. Just when you look at the pitching rotation, if they're all healthy, 
Bauer stepping into that role because he's a hothead, but he's great. So you'll take the production. And I guess that was the trade-off when they looked at this trade. So I think it was a good deal for all teams. I think the Padres kind of got the short end of it, though. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, You know, they get a good prospect, but they give up. I think Reyes, you, you mentioned it, he was kind of the linchpin in that. And then Logan Allen, is. I mean, granted, he's young. He only has 32 innings of MLB work. Right. Um, but he's on pace to be the Indians' first left-handed starting pitcher since TJ House in 2014. Really? The Indians have, the Indians have not had a left-handed starter since TJ House. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, it's been a minute. But you mentioned the Brewers in there. They also make a deal swapping Jesus Aguilar for Jake Faria from Tampa. So mm-hmm. Rays get the power bat they need. Brewers get a pitcher, not the pitcher they need, but in arm nonetheless. What was your thought, thoughts on this deal? I think the Rays definitely made out on this yeah, one. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think I, I know Aguilar struggled a lot this year, and I know he had that mini breakout last year. I still don't think he's a great hitter, but for the Rays, what they needed was just a bat that can – uh, they needed a power bat, and that's what this guy's MO is. He's really not going to do too much else for you. He's strictly there for home runs. It's it's reminiscent of the Yankees trading for Edwin Encarnacion, just strictly looking for homers. Yeah. Um, RIP to Edwin, by the way. And <laughs> that, that was tough to watch. But I, I, think, I like the Rays' perspective of it. They have so much pitching in that system. It's like, all right, well... Faria for Aguilar, that's that's nothing for them. Um, yeah. I, I think Faria, because I think they use him a little bit as like a bulk guy or an opener. He wasn't a conventional starter. I would say but... he's not conventional. He's been, he is both starter and reliever. He's bounced back and forth between the two. Um, I don't know the role the Brewers are going to use him in, but it, it, he's, it's nice to have that versatility. No, I think the versatility is a good thing. I think with pitchers, though, it's actually kind of a – I don't want to say bad. I, I just think it's a slippery slope when you start pulling guys from the rotation, putting them back in the bullpen, opening, doing bulk innings. Like that stuff to me is kind of a red flag if you keep messing around with a guy's role, especially for a pitcher. Uh, all I have to say is look at Jabba Chamberlain, how the Yankees used him. True. Um, you know that that was a disaster waiting to happen. Daniel Bard for the Red Sox a few years ago. Uh, there's a, a number of cases where this just hasn't worked to fruition so i would hope the brewers if i'm the brewers i want to find a role for this guy whether it's the bullpen or the rotation and just keep him there and just let him work through it i know it's tough because they're fighting for a playoff spot but you trade it for the guy so you must have an idea of what he's going to do for you so just keep him there and just see what he has yeah i'm with you 100 percent on that uh other trades at the deadline uh rangers get reliever nate jones for for some money and two low-level prospects. You got anything on this? It was a very mad trade to me. Yeah, this is about as mad as it gets. Uh, Nate Jones, actually, they the White Sox probably should have traded him a year or two ago. Um, yeah, because he's going to be a free agent after this year, I believe. Yeah, and that's why the return is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, he. It, it, it's a weird deal, too, because the Rangers aren't exactly still in the playoff hunt. And to just kind of trade for a guy that, I mean, unless they have an idea that they're going to re-sign him, which is entirely possible, um, but I, and I don't think he's going to cost too much, but maybe that's what they were looking at. I just don't think that this is a great deal for either team. It's just, you know, you're trading a guy who is coming off some arm issues, so that should just scream, you know, red alert right there that maybe... Yeah, do not, do <laughs> not, uh, do yeah. not buy, do not buy, do not buy. Yeah, 
the stock was way down on him. Um, and, and to be honest, I hadn't really heard Nate Jones until I saw that the trade went through. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's still in the fucking Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. That's a hun- You're 100% right on that. Yeah. So, I mean, if this was two years ago, I think this was a, a lot better of a deal. But, you know, from where we are right now, it's just, it's a very meh. Yeah. yeah. nothing to it. All right, let's move past the trade deadline. Uh, let's go buy or sell on some of these uh, teams that are either middling around or at the at the top. Um, so buy means you got them, got them to stay in as a contender. Sell, they're gonna fall off. Uh, let's start with your Yankees. Buy or sell? Buy, buy all the stock. I don't care yeah. about the pitching woes. The this team is just hitting the shit out of the ball. They're not even healthy right now either. I mean, that's been the story of their season though. No, I know, and it's just amazing that we're at this point in the season and it's still happening. Um, I expected this to be like a little charade that went on for a month or two at the season start, but uh, yeah, no, this is like, this. I think this is the real deal. This uh, replacement level, I call them humble savages because <laughs> everyone on this team is from AAA or just getting their feet wet in the majors and they're producing a, an unbelievable clip right now. The pitching, we, we can talk about that all day long. They should have done something at the deadline. They should have fortified the rotation or the bullpen, but it is what it is. Severino looks to be coming back. The Batances, hopefully, is coming back. They'll have some, obviously, some kinks to work out, but I think come the playoffs, this team will be ready to rock and roll. Looking for their first division title since seven? Oh, God, I don't even remember the last time they got a division title. That's how 2012. bad 2012. Yeah, see? That's, fuck, Jesus Christ. 2012 was their last division title, and they were swept in the ALCS. Uh, but they currently sit in first. I like this team. I'm gonna buy as well. Uh, they we've talked. You've talked at length about their health issues. The biggest question mark is their bullpen. Um, but I like this team to to kind of outlast. I don't think uh, the Rays are gonna be able to have enough bats to to hang with the Yankees and. We'll talk about the Red Sox in a, in a little bit here, um, but I like the Yankees to to outlast and win this division. All right, how about Oakland? Uh, this is like a true. I'm so hot and cold on them. I'm gonna sell right now, but and when I say sell, I think I think they'll make a wild card spot. I don't think they're gonna win the wild card game. I think it's it's gonna be the same mm. thing as last year. I just. I'm selling them just because I just don't think they're built to make any type of a run. They're, the team is just pedestrian across the board. Um, there's no real, real like superstar uh, aside from Chapman. But you know, who who else is going to help in that lineup right now? I know Simeon's. Yeah. Had a, they've had good years, but I don't think when you look at a one-game play-in game, and you have suspect pitching, your bullpen has been shaky. You're, I mean, they demoted Blake Trinan. Trinan? Trinan? I, I was Trinan. Fucking, Trinan? They demoted him. Um, so Liam Hendricks is your closer right now. Do you feel comfortable throwing an opener? Whoever, I don't even know who would start that game against the Rays, if that's how it holds up right now. Like, I don't trust them in a game like that against a team that has done that formula and worked it to perfection. And now, because they'd have to go to Tampa, too. So yeah. it's just... I think they would know, go opener... I think they would go opener, but I like like you said. I'm also selling. I'm I'm with you here. You know that right now at time of recording, they sit a half game out of the wild card, out of that second wild card right now. Either Tampa or Oakland would have to come to Cleveland. Um, 
And, you know, one game playoff aside, even if you take Cleveland out of that, like you said, have them go to Tampa or honestly, even Texas, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too high on Oakland. Like you said, in this lineup, who's going to get it done besides Chapman and maybe Simeon? Yeah. Who's going to get it done in Oakland right now? Like you said, half game out. They, they lost today. They got trounced by the Cubs 10 to one. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I don't see who can get it done here. I don't see a guy that I can point to and go, okay, yeah, in the clutch, you're my guy. Exactly. And that's the concern with me, with this team too. Also fun fact, Chris Davis is on pace to hit 247 again this year. Are you kidding me? No, I, I saw today on Twitter. He needs like, I'll, I'll tweet out the, uh, the exact stats, but he's actually on pace to hit 247 again. That'd be insane. That'd be the fifth year straight. Yep. Um, so we talked about him a little bit. Let's touch on the Rays. Buy or sell? I buy the Rays. Um, I like the team. I like the moves they made at the deadline. Glasnow seems to be coming back now at this point. Um, the Snell injury is huge, and we can talk about that. But they have so much there that in that rotation and just their pitching depth in general. And I think when we talk about like versatility in pitchers, the Rays seem to have nailed down how to do that without – um, you know, at without costing the pitchers, if that makes sense. I think their opener strategy works perfectly. Um, trading Stanek, who is their main opener, was, is going to hurt him a little bit. But I like that trade, too. Um, I just think that the Rays, now trading for Aguilar, they'll get Lau back. The offense is actually not a terrible offense. They're not going to hit home runs at a clip like the Twins or the Yankees. But I think they can stay in games because of their pitching, and they have enough timely hits where it'll be okay. Their defense is great. So I like the Rays a lot. I think that they're still one of the best teams in the AL. I just think they haven't found their footing quite yet, uh, or they haven't found it back quite yet. But I, I would look to, that, to see them go on a little bit of a run here uh, to close out the season. I'm buying out of default because because I'm selling on the Yankees, or I'm sorry, selling on the on the A's, selling on the Rangers. I, uh, I'm buying out, out of default. I love their run differential. Uh, plus 96 right now. Yep. Um, but I don't see how deep they could go in a postseason until they find that footing. So for now, I'm cautiously buying, I would say. I like that. Cautiously, yeah, I could see that. Um, because it's still, they are still a very strange team just looking at how they play in the ALEs. It's, it's kind of like a small ball team. So I understand the concern or the hesitation to just kind of throw them in there, but... I think they're just too talented to keep out. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at a team a little further down in the standings. How about the Phillies? No, fuck the Phillies. I No, 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 no. <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> I am selling hard on them. I said this about a month ago when we recorded that I was ready to hit the emergency button on them. And the panic button, I'm slamming it right now. Um, this team is just bad. They, like, they didn't make any good deals at the deadline. Uh, they traded for... Vargas from the Mets. Um, Jason Vargas is... Yeah, the, his numbers suck, by the way. So, yeah, have fun with them. Uh, they have no pitching, whether it's rotation or the bullpen. Their offense seems to just run through, like, hot and cold streaks. Bryce Harper is not worth what he's getting paid. And I could go on and on about how much I just don't like this team. I don't think Gabe Kapler is a good manager. And I, he's made some very questionable calls since he took the reins. I, I'm... 
so far done with this team. Like, just get them out of my face. Yeah, I, I'm also selling uh, on the Phillies. We've been pretty in sync so far. Yep. Um, I, I, I mean, it's kind of exactly what I said with Oakland. Like, br- I don't trust anyone on this team to step up. Right. Reese Hopkins hasn't Hoskins hasn't been what he what we what we are sold on. Bryce, like you said, nowhere near worth the money. The pitching has been a whole lot of average. I just I'm not I'm not sold on the Philadelphia Phillies, and so I'm selling on them. Yep. Uh, what do you think about a team like the Giants? The Giants are, I I'm selling just that. for the reason like the Phillies. It's almost like the Giants are playing above the level that they actually have. Um, I'm just selling on them because I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, I would love to see them make a run here. Just Bochy's last season, I think that'd be cool for them. I just don't love their prospects of making any noise. And that team, we talk about, like, bad offenses. Like, this is about as bad as it gets. They just have really no one in there that I would count on to get me any type of clutch hit or make any type of a power swing. Like, there's nothing there that really screams that this is a playoff team and again the nl is wide open but i just don't think the giants are going to hang on yeah yeah this this was the one that i kind of circled like this is going to be the one that we i think we disagree on um because i think i was i was planning on buying but now i'm looking at at the advanced numbers i'm looking at how they've done recently i'm looking at their run differential i'm looking at how they play against teams over 500 and I, I couldn't be further out. I'm I'm so far selling on the on the the on the Giants that uh, it's not even funny. I'm out. Giants <laughs> <laughs> Giants are dead. They're dead to me. Three and a half out of the wild card race right now, and I think that's as close as we're gonna see them. Yeah, no, I think that's. I'm I'm pretty much done. You know, hoping that they're gonna make a run. I just don't think they can sustain any type of a run. All right. Moving on to my squad, the Cleveland Indians. Who do you or buy or sell there? So I'm going to upset you. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm selling them. Um, the reason being, we talk about offense, and it is such an offense-driven league right now. I know they have the pitching to get by. Um, the trade for Puig helps. I just don't think there's enough around him that they can actually keep up with other teams in the AL. Um, mm, and okay. if, if it's a wild card game and they draw, you know, the A's or the Rays or even the Rangers. Um, they might be okay, but I'm looking at this as more as like if I can project this, if they can make a run against a team like the Yankees or the Twins or the Astros. I just don't. I don't think they can stand up with them. Uh, they they don't match up with those good like the elite teams. They might match up with an A's or a Rays, but I just I don't like them enough to even win those games. I wouldn't pick it in a landslide. I I think it's just too level and it's so often driven this year that I just don't think they have the the lineup to get anything done. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm cautiously buying the Indians. You have to. Yeah, I I mean obviously as a fan you have to, but there's been plenty of Indian seasons where I've sold on this team. <laughs> um, but. I look at, you know, you mentioned the pitching being dominant um, and saying it's an offensive-driven league. That's where I'm going to go in on the Indians because, or go in for the Indians because I think it's an offensive-driven league. And if you can have dominant pitching, that can be what sets you apart from these other teams. We all know pitching, at least in in the past 
set with the exception of the last two years, pitching wins in October. So if the Indians can can be this dominant pitching team, I think they have a potential to, to, to make it a decent run. I think they'll win the wild card game if they don't win the division. And then, you know, if they get matched up with it with a Houston, okay, see you later. But out of the out of the teams that would currently make the playoffs right now, with the exception of Houston, I like the Indians' chance in a, in a seven-game series against any of them. All right. Uh, I mean, I I kind of get what you're saying with the pitching. Um, I just I don't know. I, I've seen how the Twins attack good pitching, and I've seen how the Yankees have done it this year. I just, I, again, I would love to see one of those series because I think it's cool when you put two ends of the spectrum against each other in that sense where you have elite pitching going against elite hitting or vice versa. But... Um, the, yeah, I, I think that they can definitely win a wild card game. I don't have a reservation. I, again, I wouldn't pick it in a landslide just because I think if you look at the, the Cleveland Indians, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Oakland A's, all three of those teams, maybe not the A's as much, but even the Rays, like they match up very similarly in the sense where they rely on pitching and timely hits, and they play small balls in a sense. So I think that game would be fine. To your point, if we're looking at a five- or seven-game series, that's where I'd get a little bit more cautious. I mean, you look at what the Indians would trot out now. You'd go um, Clevenger game one, mm-hmm. Bieber game two, hopefully a healthy Kluber game three, and then you have Plesak or Plutko, whoever's, whoever Tito probably, probably turns to Plesak in that scenario, and then with Carrasco slated to start throwing bullpens next week, you'll have him out of the pen. You'll have Sim Adam Simber and Brad Hand out of the pen. I just I think this Indians team is is made for October pitching. Um and then you add into that the additions of Power Bats and Yaziel Puig and Franmil Reyes. I I just I like the way this team's shaping up right now. And something else we 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 ranted on early in the year, Jose Ramirez somehow learned how to hit again. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, we all kind of thought it was going to happen. I was I was looking at his numbers. It seems to, something has, had to have clicked since, I don't know, I don't even know. It's just, he's been on. He's it was like hitting. mid-May. Yeah. In mid-May, remember, he was hitting like a buck 80. Yeah, no, I, he, yeah, it was bad. He's up to 242. Uh, he hit two home runs a game in, in each of the, or one in each of the doubleheader games today. Bring him up to 16 for the year. He's also stole 20 bags. Yeah, no, he's just, you know, he's hitting like we kind of expected him to hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, okay, let's see. Moving on to the next team. What do you think about the Cardinals? The Cardinals I would sell um, just based on the whole t- I feel like they've just been treading water the whole year, and I don't even yep. know if that's correct. It's just I just – they seem to make these runs where they can they can snap off like a seven and three in the last ten, and then before you know it, they'll drop like the next five in a row. Um, they are the National League version of the Red Sox for me. We expect so much out of this team, and I just don't think they have put any type of consistency together to this point where it's just I don't have much faith in them. Yeah, I'm I, again. We find ourselves in complete agreement. Um, and I think the guy you got to turn to here is Paul Goldschmidt because yeah. he has not been the Paul Goldschmidt we're used to. And then you look at a guy in their bullpen like Andrew Miller, who's been who's struggled. They've had their bullpen injuries, and, and, and we've talked about that and documented them. 
But, boy, I think you hit the, na- the nail on the head with calling them the National League's Red Sox in terms of expectations. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm not sold on this team. And so, again, I got to sell. Uh, right now, they sit at 58 and 54, a half game out of that second wild card spot. Um, and then uh, a game and a half out of the division with, with Chicago which the NL Central in and of itself has been atrocious. I'm sorry, three and a half out from Chicago. Mm -hmm. But the NL Central has been atrocious in and of itself. But I don't know. I I don't like this Cardinals team. I'm not sold on them. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, the the division too, with it being so tight and the top three teams there with the Brewers, Cardinals, and the Cubs all just kind of beating up on each other, it doesn't allow a lot of room for separation within their own division when they're playing these teams. And the fact that they can't really take advantage of that, and in the National League just in general, they haven't done any cons- like. There's been no long run that has made me think, okay, this team is ready to to, to make a run here to, to get to the playoffs. I like the run differential compared to the Brewers, plus eight for the Cardinals, minus twenty six for the Brewers, but I just don't think that there's enough there that I've been really wowed by them at this point. Yeah. I'm I'm in a complete agreement with you there. Yeah, and you mentioned the Cardinals treading water. That plus eight differential is exactly that. Yep. No, I mean that's it's exactly what it is. It's better than the Brewers, but you know that this is like for them. This is almost like Mets territory. You know, that's yeah. It, it is what it is. It's I expected a lot more when they made that trade for Goldschmidt. And to your point, Goldschmidt just hasn't been Goldschmidt. So it's been a very disappointing year for him. I, I'm sure the Cardinals. Not to say that they'd want to take the trade back, because um, I, I think he's still a good player, but, you know, they, they need some help, and they didn't make enough noise uh, at the trade deadline where I thought that they were all in anyway. I don't even think they believe that they're all in on this, so um, we'll see. I think they just want to see how far they can make it and then hopefully compete for next year. All right, and last but not least, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, it's going to take me pleasure in saying that I can sell on the Red Sox. Uh, firmly sold. Firmly sold. I just after watching their last series against the Yankees in New York, I was I'm ready to sell all the way. This team is just they're just not good, and I I, I honestly kind of feel like I want I don't know if vindicated's the right word, but I feel great being able to just look at this team and say they suck. Um, <laughs> And I don't give a shit if Red Sox fans are going to take issue with that. They haven't been good. They're the reigning world champions, and they can't get out of their own way. They have a great run differential, but, you know, what? what's it all mean if you can't make the postseason, right? They're six games out of wild card. This will, uh, this will make me happy when I see it. I think they're 14 and a half out of the division, so... You know, pick your poison right now. They're, they're, 16. Oh, see, that's... Love it. Um, yeah, so and that six, probably extends tonight. It'll be, it's 16 and a half currently. But right now the Red Sox are 4-4 with the with the Royals. So, so we will see if, if that extends to 17 or goes back to 16. Yeah, no, I mean, they just, they're just not good. And they didn't make any moves at the deadline either. But I think that was more of just an admission from the front office saying... We don't want to blow the team up because they're coming off of a World Series championship, but we also don't believe that we can make a run either. So, well, didn't didn't uh, I can't think of the Red Sox GM Dombrowski didn't Dombrowski straight up say no? It was Theo, didn't he? 
One one of those GMs straight up said, like, no, the move is we didn't make a move. Yeah, I think that was... It had to have been Theo because the, the Cubs got, or I'm sorry, it had to be Dombrowski because the, the the Cubs went and got Castellanos. Yeah. So it had to be Dombrowski. Yeah, I think I think it might be right, but I think it's just more of an admission, saying you know we don't think that we're built for the postseason and we don't want to give up any assets to try to make a run for a one game play in, which is what we kind of talked about a month ago too when we talked about them. It was the same kind of narrative. It's just now it's more cemented knowing that you know this is the the team they have and they're gonna ride with it. And let's see, maybe they do make a run, and I eat, I eat crow at the end of the year. But I'm looking at this team; I'm just not impressed with anything. They, the rotation has been terrible, and we talk about the bullpen for as bad as it's been, but the rotation is as much to blame. If you can't get your team in a position to win after five innings, and you're letting the bullpen just eat all those innings night in, night out, then that's a recipe for disaster. And we've seen how that's played out all season. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um. Any other teams you want to throw on this list? Because that's all I have with the Red Sox. Anybody, anybody else you want to throw in? No, I think we covered all of them. I right, Actually, no, I got one more. Buy or sell the Brewers. Oh, shit, yeah. I totally forgot about them. I'm going to sell. Um, the, I'm looking at the team. like just Yelich is great in, in and of itself. I mean, this is the only reason they're still in the race because of him. Uh, their pitching has been like really bad. Uh, there's We talk about, like, pitching someone in a playoff situation. I don't know who the hell you would pitch from the Brewers at this yeah. point. Uh, Zach Davies is probably their best choice right now, um, and I'm not confident in him at all. Their bullpen, aside from Hader, it's, you know, how do we get to Hader, and that's been an issue for them. The run differential is so bad for a team that's in contention. It's just mind-boggling that they're still even in this race right now. Uh, their record would indicate that they're probably five or six games worse than what they played at. Yeah, I could. I, I, I see. I think I'm gonna buy the Brewers, but I think it's out of default slash pity slash I don't know because I've sold. <laughs> I've sold on every other team that is in this wild card contention. Uh, right now, the Brewers are a game out of that wild card spot of the second wild card spot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm buying out of default slash love for Christian Yelich. Okay. And there's no, that that's a hundred percent bet buying with my heart. <laughs> I do love him, but I just, I can't, when I look at teams like, that are built around one guy like that, I just, I can't yeah, put too much it, stock it, into it. You're a hundred percent right. And I'm going to, I'm going to end up eating my words on this. I, I, I would bet, but, um, I just don't. I don't know who else in the NL to turn to here. I don't like Philly. I don't like St. Louis. I don't like the Mets. I don't like Arizona. I don't like the Giants. I think Cincinnati, San Diego, and Colorado are too far back. So that leaves me with one team, and that's Milwaukee. All right. And that, I don't like that. So the good news <laughs> for you making that decision is because it's the National League, and literally all the teams you listed, aside from maybe... The Reds, Rockies, and I forget who else, but most of those teams have a legitimate shot to make it, and the Brewers at least did it last year, so you have faith that yeah. they can do it again. Um, so the track record would suggest that you're betting on the right odds there. I just look at it from the sense that there's nothing about this team that screams that they are good enough to even make a playoff 
uh, position because there's no unifying concept be- behind them. They they don't really hit um, as ed- as evidenced by their run differential. They can't pitch. They can close games out when they get there, but again, the problem is getting there. Yeah, according to Baseball Reference, right now the most likely wild card teams are Arizona and Washington. I I'm fine with Washington. I don't. I'm not sold on Arizona. Um, I'm not sold on Arizona either, especially after the trades they made. Uh, it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. But again, that's you know, that's got to be Billy Bean's wet dream reading baseball statistics like that. <laughs> just oh, well, we got a five percent chance now. So, <laughs> like, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah. So I I don't see it, but I like the Nationals. But yeah, the, that second spot is definitely up for grabs. Oh, all right, it's curtain call time. Seven. I see this on the sheet. Go ahead and sell me. <laughs> so you said all the teams. Let me preface this by saying we've given them so much shit all year. And I feel like I need to just make this right a little bit. I think the Mets actually will make the playoffs. I think they're going to get that second spot. Because when I th- I look at all the teams that you just listed, I don't like the Giants. I don't like the Diamondbacks. I don't like the Phillies at all. I don't like the Brewers. I don't like the Cardinals. And that leaves me really looking at the Mets as that team that can leapfrog all of them. Um, I like the them. New York fucking the Mets New York are Mets. The New York Mets are making the playoffs, baby. Um, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm saying this with like so much enthusiasm because I really I can't believe you are either. I really fucking hate this team, but uh, I do like the move they made to get Stroman. I think that will actually that for me that's a move that moves the needle for them way up, just in terms of making because we've seen it in the last you know, fourteen games, thirteen out of fourteen, that's pretty damn good and yeah. Throwing, Throwing Stroman into that mix, Lugo having his resurgence, uh, Cano actually tearing his hamstring is a blessing in disguise for this team now. I think they actually have the juice to make a run now, and that division because they can still play the Phillies, take some games from them. Uh, I don't think they're going to catch the Nationals or the Braves, but I think that they have enough there that they can make a run here. The offense has been decent. Alonso, uh, home run champion, Pete Alonso. He'll he'll be fine. Uh, I I like the Met. I uh, I shouldn't say I like, I believe. Oh, gee, you know, the, the, <laughs> even you can't say it. I just can't say that without fuck it. The Mets are going to be in the playoffs. They're get, they'll be in the play-in game. They're not going to be in the actual playoffs, but they'll get a wild card spot. Oh, I love that you prefaced it like that because yes. it's not because because the wild card game is not the playoffs. No, it's not. I hate that that they deck the teams out in the postseason gear. I know. <laughs> It's like you were there for three and a half hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I feel even worse. I feel even worse for all the fans that fucking rush to Dick Sporting Goods and and get oh let me get this new fifty nine fifty with the postseason patch on the side. Yeah. Or whatever dumbass slogan your team came up with for that three hour game. Dude, the the playoffs for some of the like the wild card teams, the playoffs is like orientation. Like, that's essentially what it is. It's orientation, but you fired immediately afterwards. Yeah, like, you fucked up in in orientation, and you have to go home now. Your orientation is you have to play Oregon Trail. Ah, you died of dysentery. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, this is essentially, like, you failed onboarding. That, that That's the best way to look at it. It's like, yeah. you weren't even good enough to make it uh, the actual job. That's how, <laughs> that's, that's how I look at it. So, um, yeah, if you make it... Good luck, but it's not the playoffs in my mind. It's a play-in. I couldn't agree more. All right, my curtain call 
and it sucks because I'm playing into this. Um, there will be more people in attendance of Thursday's uh, Browns preseason game compared to any Indians game this season. And I'll even include postseason in that. Wow. Um, it is a new era of Browns football. And, boy, I'll tell you what. I know there's 40,000 Browns fans that can't wait to watch Baker play one drive tomorrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be so stupid. I'm going to be there. Are you? Uh, yeah, I work with the Browns. Oh, nice. So, so I'm actually – I'll be there on field cool enough. Um, but – I, I will bet I, that's my curtain call for the week. There's going to be more fans in attendance at the Browns game tomorrow preseason against the Redskins than there will be at any Indians game this season. And I understand that per, that attendance percentage will obviously be higher, but in terms of pure numbers, uh, the Browns are going to have them tomorrow night. So how, let me ask you this. How, as an Indians fan, how does that make you feel? Pisses me off. All right. But as a Browns Pisses fan. Pisses me off. Um... I mean, as a Browns fan, it's really stupid when you really think about it. No, it really that, like, is. <laughs> that we're gonna that, that I guarantee. So, so Brown Stadium hold, or I'm sorry, First Energy Stadium. Yeah. Holds seventy three thousand. Um, I would bet there's fifty thousand there tomorrow night. I wouldn't doubt you one second. Um, and like it, it on one end, it's really really cool, but on the other end. Like we have a team that's been to that's won three straight division titles, and is struggling to get twenty thousand a night. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I will say this: I'll, 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 in the Indi- in defense of the Indians, their last few games that I've been to, I was at a a Tuesday night. Uh, just a ra- well, I mean, it wasn't random. It was against the Astros, but I went to a Tuesday night game against the Astros, and they got thirty thousand out. I went to a, uh, the Saturday game last week against. I'm blanking who they played. Um, but they got 33,000 out and that was nice, but I just, I, I don't think that, that they're going to be more than the Browns for a preseason game. You know, I can, I can actually kind of see that too. So I'm not, I'll, uh, I'll buy in on your curtain call. <sighs> I'm not buying yours. I, I don't blame you. I, <laughs> after I wrote it, I was like, what, how the fuck do I back this up now? But <laughs> it's, I mean, honestly, but like, look, we looked at it. It's not that out of the out of the question. It's not out of the question. No, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's not out of the question. It just really makes you scratch your head after just listening to us all season bash this team like. <laughs> and you go, what the fuck did I just write? Yeah, like wow, they they could they might actually make the playoffs. Let's uh, meet the Mets. Yeah, <sighs> meet the Mets in October. Jeez, that kind of has a ring to it, but it does. Jesus. <laughs> Oh my god! I would love. I mean, I would love to see a subway series. If I mean, the stars that would were be, to align, that'd be electric. Oh yeah, I I for more more things than not, I can't stand New York, but that would be electric. That'd be cool. I think that would be a, a really cool conclusion to the season. Yeah, but I'm getting ahead of myself because I, the Mets actually need to make the fucking playoffs. So <laughs> yeah, all right. That wraps up episode 11 of Gap to Gap. Uh, Real 7 Costanza, T. Caraselli 8, saying thank you very much uh, for joining us. And we want to urge you, remind you, let you know that, hey, we got some gear, 
okay? And if you're looking to gear up with your with some unique designs featuring your favorite teams, favorite players, fun sayings, movie references, all regarding sports, uh, are you, I mean, or are you just trying to rep the breakdown in your hometown? So now you can do it with some of the coolest, most comfortable gear, all while supporting local artists with TeePublic. TeePublic's an internet store featuring tons of shirt designs that you can put on uh, different types of shirts, hoodies, three-quarter sleeves, even swag out your dog with the dog tee. I know Jordan did that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his dog's name again? Teddy. 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 Swagged out Teddy in a breakdown dog tee. Uh, so be sure to use our URL. That's bit bit dot bit dot slash the breakdown store. That's T H E B R K D W N S T O R E. Use that URL so that they know we sent you. All sales benefit the creating artist, and if you use our link, we benefit and get a small portion of the profit as well. That's bit.ly slash the breakdown store. Stop in today. Seven, always a pleasure, my dude. Always a pleasure. Glad to be back from vacation, and uh, we'll be, I'll be off live on time for sure by the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as always, follow at the underscore breakdown. Until next time, TKRSLE8, Real 7 Costanza. See ya!